are starting a brand new series today. You're going to go over to the book of Matthew chapter 5, and we are going to get into God's Word. We're going to be actually hanging out in the book of Matthew chapter 5 over the next, uh, next several, several weeks together and just pulling out some, some incredible things that I, I think are, are that are for such a time as, as this. And by the way, we mentioned baptism in there. If you've not been baptized next week, you got an opportunity. We're going to do them here live in, in, our, in our service. We're going to get into God's word in this series. And then we're going to spend the last half of our um, service together next week baptizing. So if you've not yet been baptized, I'm telling you, this is a, an incredible opportunity for you. So next step in your walk with Jesus is getting baptized. So if you haven't been baptized yet, next week, you know, get signed up. We'll get you baptized. Are you guys ready to get into God's word today? All right. We're going to do it. I can't wait to preach this today. I'm looking out at y'all right now, and I just, I can't wait for you to just experience what God is about to whisper into your heart, about to listen to, let him mold you and shape you and change you. I'm telling you, you're going to walk out of here better than you came in here. Amen? Amen? As we get into I mean, it's already been happening. We've been in worship, and it's been incredible. But God's got something he wants to whisper, whisper to your heart today. So, we're beginning um, a series looking together at some principles and values that God calls us to have, known as the Beatitudes, okay? Jesus, uh, his most, most downloaded sermon ever was called the Sermon on the Mount. It's like, Poppy, you go to YouTube, it, everyone's been watching the Sermon on the Mount. If you, you want to read the, the most famous sermon Jesus ever gave, it's Sermon on the Mount. And it starts with these things that we call the, the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes are these values, this, this culture that you and I are called by God to, to live in. And what you're going to see about these is that, that they're radically different than the value system and the, the culture that we have all around us today. It's almost like God called us as citizens of his kingdom to live a little different. Like to live by some values and some culture that's different than this world around us. And I think right now what we have happening is a, it's a crisis of values. It's a crisis of principle. It's a, it's a, it's a crisis of, of a nation, a nation that has walked away from biblical values. A nation that was once founded on the very word of God has begun to walk away from the word of God. And we've been wondering why there's so much hate. Why is there so much division? Why is there so much confusion? Why is there so much frustrations? Friends, to, in this series, we are dealing with the why behind that what. It's because we've allowed ourselves as a nation to wander away from biblical truths and biblical principles. And when we go to the house of God, when we go to the church, the church itself is, is struggling with this. We're, we're wandering away from the things that God said you're supposed to wander to. We're embracing things that God says you're never supposed to embrace. We're forgetting the things that, that God has called us to, to always remember. And so I'm just praying that in this series you find your heart coming back and standing on the truths of God word, God's word, the values that God has called us to have. I've been looking forward to preaching this series for so long because it's actually from this that we get our name citizens. I was teaching through the Beatitudes years ago, about eight, nine years ago. And, and this name just hit me. This, you know, the Bible says that, for we are citizens of heaven, for where we eagerly wait for the Lord's return. And what's happening here in, in the Beatitudes is God is, is inaugurating this kingdom. 
He's saying, here's what the kingdom of heaven is like. Oh, I know you know what the earth is like, but here's what the kingdom of heaven is like. Here's what it looks like to be a citizen of God's kingdom. And so as we get into this, God is calling us as a church back to the values of the kingdom with which he's called us to be citizens. Amen? And so I'm telling you, you're gonna, God's gonna just, it's gonna move in your heart and your life as we lean in. So listen, come every week. Don't miss, unless you got a really good excuse. The Sunday you miss is the Sunday you need. I'm telling you, we're gonna, we're gonna dig in and we're gonna love this time together in God's word. Would you pray with me? God, we do just pray this. We get into these principles, God. We get into these values that you've given us in your word. That our hearts would be open to you right now, God. That we don't come, Lord, we want to lay down our preconceived notions. God, we want to lay down our, God, our, the, some of us that are wrestling with you in here today for a little bit. God, we just want to listen. We're here because we want to hear from you. And so, God, by your spirit, would you speak to us? We recognize that what takes place right now isn't just the physical hearing with the ears, but there's something spiritual you want to do inside our hearts. So God, we want to listen with our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone agreed together and said a good hearty amen, amen. Thank you, Dustin. So when we, as we look at these principles, you're going to see that they're absolutely upside down, inside out, countercultural to everything that we see happening in our world around us. But guys, it's these, church, it's these principles, these values that we need now more than ever. See, the, the, the world right now is really trying to find its footing, right? We're, we're, like, how do we handle all the hate? How do we handle all the evil? How do we handle all the division? How do we, how do we handle the, the, the depression that's running rampant in our society right now? The, the fact that, that, you know, suicide is on the rise, our, our, our poor Young teens are wrestling with thoughts of suicide now more than ever. People are, are more stressed than ever. There's just, there's just this overwhelming onslaught. And we're, we're really trying to figure it out right now. Oh, maybe we need better politicians. Maybe we need better policies. Maybe we need better laws. Maybe we need to stop giving people this, start giving people that. Maybe we need, and we have all these ideas and concepts of how we're going to help this broken world. But friends, I'm telling you, God by his spirit is calling his people back to the values and the principles found in his word. The answer to our world's issues is Jesus, friends. Amen. Jesus, come on church, where are you at this morning? I feel like preaching, help me out. Jesus, Jesus, we need Jesus. Only Jesus can bring healing to our land. But what we need is to get ourselves back to what he's established for those that call, call themselves Christian. We call ourselves, you know, citizens of his kingdom. So here's what I want to ask is that as we go through these over the next several weeks, we go through these, that, that you want to just show up to church. Don't just show up to church. Don't just take good notes. Show up, take good notes. But I want to ask you to let the Spirit of God work in your heart. I want, to op- I want to ask you to open up your heart to, to the living and active, powerful Word of God that is sharper than any two-edged sword. I want to ask you to open up your heart to, to the fact that God right now wants to meet with you. That God right now wants to, to work in you. And God right now 
wants to, wants to start to transform your life and change you and, and call you forward, everybody. Like, I want us as a church and you, starting with you as an individual, over these next several weeks together, we're going to experience some revival. And I know that's an old school word, like, we're going to have a revival. In this. I just been telling you, revival is this. It's when you are brought back to the original God intention of your life. Like, you live in revival. People think revival is when we see hundreds and thousands of people getting saved. That's the byproduct of revival. Revival is when the church, you and I, come alive and live in everything God's called us to live in. When we step into the values and we step into the culture, when we embrace what he's called us to embrace, when we reject what he's called us to reject, the church is revived to a place where now we can actually make an impact on the world in the way that God has called us to impact the world. What the, what the world needs is the church to be revived. And so we are drawing ourselves back to biblical principle, kingdom principle. Amen. You with me? Like, God, what do you have to say about what we're supposed to be doing and what this is supposed to look like? God, bring revival to our hearts, revival to our land. There are some of you wrestling with depression. You're wrestling with, with anxiety. You're having a hard time sleeping at night. You're all over the place. And God in this series is going to ground you back into, and remind you who you are because you're going to realize whose you are. So the Beatitudes, over in the book of Matthew, Jesus is giving us the, the kingdom manifesto. Here's what it looks like to be a, a, a citizen of the kingdom of God. And here's what he says in, in Matthew chapter 5. We're going to be there for a long time. I want you to mark up your Bibles and write all in them or your smartphone or whatever you got. Here we go. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. I mean, you're already starting to see. These, these are values very, very different from what's being proclaimed to us from the world around us. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Where are people that, today that hunger for righteousness anymore? Like, give me what's right. I want, I want to be righteous and holy. Like, like, we've just lost that in our culture today. And we've got to come back to it. I can't wait to preach on that. Listen, blessed are the merciful. Where's merciful people today? For they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. Come on, where are the peacemakers today? For they will be called the children of God. And I can't wait to preach that because it's different than what you think. Peacemaker does not mean that you're just a doormat for what everybody else believes. Peacemaker means that you understand the very clearly drawn lines of where peace is found and you live your life to draw people from outside peace to inside peace. You become a peacemaker. Oh, come on, I'm preaching already when I've been there. <laughs> Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Like, you can't be afraid to live in these principles. You're going to be persecuted, but blessed are you when you are persecuted, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I want you to notice some things about the Beatitudes right up front. Okay, two quick things. First of all, is that all of them start with the pronouncing of a blessing. Blessed are, blessed are, blessed are those who live within these values. Blessed, and, and the word blessing is kind of, it's kind of lost its meaning on us today. We don't really use it unless you're from the South. And when you use it, you don't usually use it in the way we would think you should use it. Like I've always thought blessed mean like, you know, like, like you really wanted to bless somebody. But what they do in the South is they say, oh, you know, so-and-so, God bless them. And what it means is there's just no hope is what it means. Like God, well, you know, God bless them, you know. And it's so we've lost the, the, the meaning of this. And so I need you to understand. So from the, 
before Jesus' time, this word was used by the Greeks, and what it meant was somebody was blessed, they, they had prosperity, there was, there was success in their, their life, they had wealth, maybe power, prestige, you see, they were exempt from calamity because they were successful in life, and this was kind of the, the Greeks' understanding of the word blessed. Then you get into, you, you move on down the line a little bit, and you get into like this philosophical era with, with the Greeks. And so you've got like, you got like Socrates and, and, and Phileo and, and um, Plato, and, and, and they begin to talk about this word blessed as, as those who have a certain, certain virtues and knowledge. They've attained to certain levels of knowledge, and it produces in their minds happiness. And so before I uh, became a... Uh, went to you know, seminary, Bible college, I, I was actually studying philosophy. I was going to be a, philo- I don't know, it's not much you could do with philosophy. I was going to teach philosophy. And, and, um, and you would, there was all this writing on how to be happy and, and the virtue that you, you needed to have and the knowledge you had in order to be happy. And that was kind of the end game and what blessed meant. Well, by the time that Jesus came around, the word blessed to a Jew and the audience that Jesus was preaching to in that day meant that you were living within the riches of God. So it, it means that you were approved by God and therefore living within the riches of God, right? And so this is a massive conversation. It's like, how are we going to be blessed by God? How do I become approved by God? How do I live within the, the riches of his heavenly kingdom, you see? And there's all this conversation about what it meant to, and how you became blessed. In their mind, they had the riches of God. And so they had the favor of God, the peace of God. They had the strength of God. To be blessed meant that you carried the joy of God. And it was so much greater than the, what the philosophers taught of happiness because happiness was based on happenstance. In other words, like literally what's happening? What's happening? It's a good day today. The sun's out. I'm having a good day. I'm happy. The sun's not out today. I'm having, I'm having a really bad day. And you just kind of flow with, with the happenings and the, and the happenstance. Um, I got money today. I don't got any money today, right? I just got paid. Life is good. I don't have any more money because I spent it all. Like, isn't it funny? Like, the, we got to teach the next generation how to budget. If you're in here right now and you are the next generation, let me talk to you about budget. Budget does not mean I get a lot of money. I spend it all real fast. And then when it goes away, I slow down and ask mom and dad. That's not, what it, that's not how you budget, okay, everybody? I'm trying to teach my kids. This is a personal issue right now. Help me out, somebody, right? And so we have a good day or bad day based upon this happening and happenstance. But listen, listen, listen. God's got more for those who live within their kingdom, within his kingdom. I'm not driven by the, the flightiness of the world around me, sunshine, no sunshine. You see, I've got some joy all up inside of me. I've got a, I've got a deep foundation in me no matter what's going on around me. I've got peace inside of me when the world is not at peace around me. I, I'm standing on the solid rock which will not be moved in the midst of everything that's being moved. You see, I'm blessed by God. And church, you can be, you can live within the blessing of God that experiences this joy that only the blessing of God can bring you. You see, the human heart longs, at its core, even before it knows it, longs to be blessed by God. I mean, you, you long to live with, within his blessing. And so, God wants to bless you. 
And Jesus here is showing you how you can live within this blessing of God in your life. Okay? The second thing I want you to see about these Beatitudes is notice that they all have a promise attached to them, right? So blessed are the, blessed are the, for theirs will be, for they shall have, for they. And so God is saying there, there's, there's some more for you to experience. There's potential for you to step into if you learn to embrace this, this value system. And, and you hear me talk about it all the time at church. Like I always say, come on, everybody, there's more. Tell your neighbor there's more. Come on, everyone tell them. Like I already told them there's more this morning. That's right. Because I want you to always understand that. And so what Jesus is doing in here is he's going, blessed are the, for they'll step into the more. Blessed are the principle for the step into the more. Blessed are those who learn to live within this value because they will experience the more. And so I, what I want to do in this series is not just get you to tell your neighbor there's more. I want to lead you into living in the more, okay? You live in the more that Jesus has for you. Can I get a better amen? amen. So Matthew chapter 5, we start with the first one. Some actually say that the first one is the most important one. If you don't have the first one, then you can't have the rest of them. And, and here's what Jesus says as he inaugurates his kingdom, as he, as he gives us the manifest of the kingdom. He says, here's what it looks like. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, when Jesus said that, you got to realize that everyone in the audience, they're, they're might have, they're must have, like, their jaws must have hit the ground. There was probably an audible gasp, like, <gasps> Because remember, everything that they've been taught about being blessed was from the Pharisees and the religious teachers of the law who said, if you want to be blessed, if you want to be approved by God, you want to live within the riches of God, well, then you've got to keep the law perfectly. Matter of fact, we've created a Talmud that is laws about how to keep the laws. And so if you do all these things, then you might be, maybe, hopefully, if you do it right, approved by God. You might have a chance maybe to live within the, the riches of his kingdom. If you're, and then Jesus just shows up and has the audacity to go, everybody listen up. With authority, I'm going to tell you who is blessed and approved by God. It's the poor in spirit. What do you mean, Jesus? It's not, the, it's not the rich in virtue and the rich in knowledge and the rich in I got my act all together. No, he goes, it's the poor in spirit. In other words, if you came in here broke, if you came in here hurting, if you came in here realizing that you've really got not much to offer, if you came in here feeling like the world has robbed you and you come in here broke, congratulations. For yours is the kingdom of God. It belongs to those who know that they are desperately dependent on God and his great mercy and his great grace if they're ever going anywhere. So I don't come before you standing on ground that, that I've put together. And on my goodness and my merit, I could come before you, God, just poor. I'm broke. And God goes, congratulations. You've arrived. I think we have a hard time understanding what, what Jesus is actually teaching us here. Because we don't. We don't really even know in our society. I mean, we're, we're Americans. I'm, I'm preaching to, like, you're rich. Like, 95% of this world would, would, would trade places with you in a heartbeat because you got, you got more than you could ever imagine. Some of, you, some of you got, like, you go grocery shopping. When you come home, you got to get rid of food to make room for the more food you just bought at the grocery store. Like, you know what I mean? You're, you're rich. Like, you don't just have a car. You have two cars. And then you got like, we got like, we got like homes we put our cars in. And there's people who don't even have homes for their children. I mean, I'm just telling you. 
we're rich, the crowd I'm preaching to today. And I recognize that. So when Jesus says, if you really, really want to experience kingdom and all that the kingdom has for you, you got to be poor in spirit. It, it doesn't even, we don't even understand the depths of the poverty that Jesus is actually saying you need to have. Because, see, here's what we're wrestling with is we got a culture that actually has a little bit of an edge of entitlement. <laughs> it was like a lot, right? Like, and so, like, well, there's entitlement. Like, I, I was, I mean, just started with us born in America. So, like, I am enti- I'm entitled, right? And so we kind of have this, this, this edge about us. And some would say, you know, the younger generation, they're just so entitled. They just think that they deserve, and, they, and so therefore they expect, and if they don't get what it is they think they deserve, then they're all frustrated that they don't get it right away, and they, they can't understand why, because they're, they're entitled, right? This darn young generation, they're so entitled. Well, why is the young generation so entitled? It's because mom and dad are entitled, because grandma and grandpa, we got, some, we got some entitlement nature inside of us. And you see, the kingdom of God says you actually have no entitlement. You have got nothing that you can bring to the table that, that earns you anything God has for you. And the moment you think you do, God actually will withhold it from you. Because he's not going to pay you based on what it is you're offering. Because you're going to think that God will continue to pay you based on what you're offering. So here you are coming to offer to God your stuff. God doesn't want your stuff. He wants you broken to the place where you realize you don't got the stuff. Poor in spirit. And so we have this entitlement culture. And it, and it comes from, it's, it's not the next generation's fault. It is my fault. I mean, I, I took, Tatum and I took our kids up to Solving years ago when Raya was little. I mean, she's little. And we get, we're on the way to Solving, and, and we realize we're not going to get there in, in time. And the sun's going down. And I was like, let's just find a place where we can just kind of stay for the night. And we jump on Priceline. I was not paid by Priceline to tell you about how great Priceline is, but we use it all the time, right? Always getting deals on Priceline. And, and, um, and so we, we get the place and we pull in, we go inside. And it's, it's a little sketchy. It's just a little, like, I mean, it's, it's, okay. it's a place to sleep. But we walk in and, my, and Raya goes, what star hotel is this? And she's little, like, what are you talking about, Star Hotel? Like, who do you, like, we don't stay, like, literally, we don't stay in, is this a two-star? Like, we don't stay in two-star hotel. I'm thinking, where did you get that? And I went, oh, that's, that's Tate and I. Like, that's like, that she's heard mom and dad walk into a room and go, oh, no, this isn't the room I saw in the picture. I want the room I saw in the picture. That's not the room I saw in the picture. Where's the room I saw in the picture? Oh, you don't have that room available tonight. Well, guess what? We're going to get at a discount on the room you're trying to put me in. Because they've heard. I'm, so, I'm confessing all my sins to you right now. <laughs> so our kids walk around entitled. Why? Because I live that way. God forgive me. But entitlement has no place when it comes to the riches of God. Entitlement has no place when it comes to the kingdom. And we, we struggle because we've been blessed with so much, we believe we're actually entitled. No, you're not. Like God doesn't have to give you anything. You can't twist his arm into blessing you, friends. You can't be good enough for God to go, you finally earned it. You finally deserved it. You can't ever get there. On your own. You're broke. Poor. 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 Not poor like I've got some stuff. Poor like you got nothing. 
So like our version of poor is like I got some stuff that I bring. His version of poor is like because of where you are, you've got to be absolutely dependent on somebody else. Like we don't we don't like you don't even like that word dependent. We we're in a culture that says actually success is independence. I'm going to be independently wealthy. I'm going to be independent. I'm going to be, and it's this kind of this, you build yourself an island where you just don't need anybody. And that has become in our culture kind of the chief aim and goal is to be independent, right? We even teach our kids from when they're young, you got to learn to be a little independent. You're like, hold yourself up. And, and the problem is that that doesn't translate into our, our spiritual lives. God is not looking for you to be independent. So I remember, like again, Ryan, I'm picking on her this morning, poor thing. She's not even here to defend herself. She's all the way in Birmingham, Alabama. Hi, Raya. Um, so poor little Raya, I mean, when she's little, she, I mean, she's in her high chair at the end of the, at the, end of the table, and I, I put a Cheerio in her mouth, a little, little thing. She's a kid. And I remember her looking at me in the eyes one time, taking a Cheerio out of her mouth and putting it back in. Like, Dad, I don't need you to do this. Like, I'm, I got it. Like, I'm independent. I'm and so we have this within our culture, but be careful that you don't bring that over into your, into your kingdom business with God, into your citizenship in his kingdom. Because friends, listen, independence doesn't work when it comes to the, thing of the kingdom, things of the kingdom. He doesn't give the kingdom to the independent who think that they can do it on their own, but those who realize that they could never do it on their own. Matthew chapter 19 Jesus is uh, meeting, meets with a man, we call him the rich young ruler, Matthew 19, here's what it says. It says, just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, teacher, what good thing must I do to in inherit eternal life? Like, right, what box do I need to check? This is how some of you are living right now. What box do I need to check in order to get the, the peace of the kingdom of God? What, 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 what act do I need to do in, in order to have the blessing of God rest on me? I, I know I'm missing something, so there's got to be a checkbox somewhere. And you're desperately trying to find the checkbox. And that's where he's at. Like, what, God, what do, I, what do I do? Tell me. And Jesus says, why do you ask me what is good? Jesus replied, there's only one who is good. In other words, he's going, it's not about some stuff that's good. It's about me who's good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. And Jesus is testing him here. He's, he's bringing him to a realization. And the guy goes, well, which ones? He inquires. And Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, this is what he says, next verse. Jesus answered, oh, he said, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. Okay, we're doing good so far. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your mother and father and love your neighbor as yourself. And watch what he says. All these I have kept, the young man said. What still do I lack? Watch what Jesus did. He used all this to push him to a point where he's going, I'm doing this, and I'm doing that, and I got this, and I got money, and I got, I got, you know, he's just got some swag. He's just got to take, and here's what, here's what Jesus says to him. If you want to be perfect, go and sell your possessions and give them to the poor, and then you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. And when the young man heard this, he went away sad. Why? Because he had great wealth. Now watch very closely. What is Jesus saying to this young man and what does it mean for you and I? It doesn't mean that you need to go sell everything that you own today and give it to the poor. This was a message to this man because this man was struggling with what? 
He wasn't poor in spirit. He had some stuff going for him. I mean, I mean, come on. Look at it. Like, he's got money. He knows scripture. He's following scripture. He said, of all these I've kept. He's asking some good questions. He's eloquent. He would seem to have it all together. So what's wrong? Right? Here it is. He didn't come to Jesus beggarly. He, he didn't come to Jesus broken. His issue was not adultery. His issue was not lying. It wasn't cheating. It wasn't stealing. It was the fact that his identity and his sufficiency was found in himself. And friends, when you try to find your identity and your sufficiency from deep within yourself, you will always come up wanting because what you need is not found deep within yourself. It's found in desperation for Jesus, who alone can give you a sense of self, who alone can actually fill you. Are you following, are you following with me today? Am I, am I yelling at you too much? Are you with me? I mean, come on. Like, I'm always going like, is, is the church okay? Am I, am I too on fire? Tell me all. I'll bring it down. I just need you to, we, we got to go here, everybody. So he's entangled in all that he had acquired and all that he had accomplished. So Jesus goes, get rid of all of it. Let go of all the stuff you've been holding on to. And then you'll experience king kingdom. Paul, Paul the apostle, Paul, Paul goes and he brags about how he's, he's done this and he's done that and he's, okay, he's doing all these, all these good things and he's, he's got the law down perfectly to a T and then he finally comes to the realization. Watch the realization. Whatever things were gained in me, Paul says, those things I now count as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. He says, I am, I'm not about the fact that I kept this law and I do this thing and look how good I am and, and look how gifted I am. Look at how this, I, and God, you must bless me because I'm working so hard down here, God. Paul goes, no, I've come to the place where I realize it's not about, I can't work it hard enough. And everything I actually did, Cain, is trash. It's just trash. It means nothing. I count all things lost in view of the surpassing knowledge of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, that I might be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own delivered from me doing a bunch of stuff and keeping up with the Joneses and, and, and showing off and performing and not based, a righteousness not based on what I can do, but that which comes through faith. Someone say faith. faith. Faith, what does it mean? You're leaning into Jesus. Faith in Christ. The righteousness which comes from God is on the basis of you simply trusting in God. Faith. Mean I don't do anything? Just trust him. You've got to be poor in spirit to the place where you realize you're desperate for his goodness. And until you're broken to that place, you're always, you're always longing and looking and struggling to really live a blessed life. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Without Jesus, there's some things you need to understand. Like, here's your life without Jesus. Without Jesus, you've got no way, no way to pay for your sins. It's like the Bible says, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, every single one of us, and the wages of that sin is death. It's a separation from God in the here and now. You hear me preach, you've been around. And a, and a separation lasts for all eternity if it's not de dealt with in the here and now. Jesus came to deal with that debt that's against us. 
And if you don't let G, if you're not desperate for him to deal with the debt, you're trying to pay the debt, you can never actually pay the debt. Like you owe a debt you cannot pay. Jesus came to pay a debt he did not owe so you could be free from the debt that you couldn't pay. Can I get a better amen? amen. Like without Jesus, you got to pay your own debt. First uh, John 4.10 says this, and this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. A big word propitiation literally means that he settled the demands of God. He propitiated. He, there was some demands against us that Jesus stepped into to pay. Some, a penalty against us is that we couldn't pay. You know, when we think of debt, you think about how much you got on your credit card still. How much you owe on your house still. When God thinks about debt, it's a spiritual debt. It's the debt like if you... If you Leave church today, and you're like, I don't like our laws. I, I feel like stop signs shouldn't, you shouldn't stop, and I don't like this red light business and the speed limit. I just, it's ridiculous. And so when we leave today, I'm going to get home a little faster, so I'm going I'm to run through some red lights, and I'm going to drive home. My car says 150. We're going to see if we actually do that today. Come on, let's go. And you go, well, listen, the, the, our wonderful Redlands PD is going to pull you over, and they're going to write you a ticket. And what's that ticket mean? You stepped outside the laws, you stepped outside the boundaries of our government and our governance, and therefore now you have a debt. You, you've been penalized. So you got to now go pay the debt. And I've learned real quick, if you don't pay it on time, it, if you lose your ticket, they, they double the ticket. Like you just, it just gets worse, everybody. Spiritually, you've racked up debt. Like God created you to live in his government governance. You stepped outside. We did what we wanted to do. And, and there's a ticket on me. There's a ticket on me. My, my windshield's full with all this issue. I've got debt galore. And here's the problem. It's spiritual debt. I have no way to pay it. There's not like spiritual tokens under, in my pockets or, you know, like in my couch cushion somewhere. I have no way to pay. I've, I'm, I'm broke, right? But in steps Jesus. And what's he do? The one who actually owes no debt, who is rich pays my debt, goes to the cross on my behalf, and he, he, as it says here, becomes the propitiation for my sins. Now listen to me very carefully. Friends, if you are trying to earn your way into heaven or think that you, you're, you're going to deserve, God goes, you never actually can. The only way your debt can ever be canceled is through the you coming to Jesus, beggarly poor and broken, going, God, by your mercy and grace, would you pay my debt? And I'm telling you, if you are showing up to church, reading your Bible, you know, getting involved in that, but, and trying, because you're trying to pay a debt, your life is miserable. I, I have to go to church. I have to read my Bible, you know. Well, here comes that Thanksgiving stuff and, you know, the, the, the Christmas, you know, thing we're doing. And I guess I better get involved because, you know, I've got to earn some points with the big man upstairs. You're being, it's miserable. I'm saying it's miserable. But when you realize that your debt has already been paid, that you're forgiven, that you're clean, you're anchored in heaven, you like, all of a sudden there's joy. Like, I'm not paying a debt. It's been paid. Oh, I get to go to church. I get to help some other people. Man, I get, my whole life has changed. Why? Because my debt's been paid. Without Jesus, you got to pay your own debt. Without Jesus, you can never be actually healed or transformed because the kingdom of God Versus the king of the world, the kingdom of God is going to not just try to help you bandage old wounds. The kingdom of God is not just going to try to help you cope with things. And here we live in this world. It's like, you just, we just got to cope with it. We just got to figure it out. We just got to work with the brokenness. And we got to, you know, and it's all this. Well, listen, in the kingdom of God, you're healed. In the kingdom of God, the Bible says you are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Where's all the old things? 
Where's all the things that should be hurting me today, make me hate people today? Where's all the things I should have issue with still today? He says, all the old things have passed away. I look and they go, they're not even, and all things have become new. I am new in Christ Jesus. He, in a spiritual way, transformed me. I am not who I was. I am not Chris Norman 2.0. I am Chris Norman, old guys dead and gone, new guys alive and well. I am new in Christ Jesus. You see? But if you don't understand that, you're going to live your life. If you don't come to him poor in spirit and you're trying to fix it and you don't just let him heal you, you live your life, just keep trying to cope with it. You run into all the world's solutions. And here's what it says in, in, in the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah 6.14, watch this. Jeremiah says, they offer superficial treatments for my people's mortal wounds. So we have to just, you're looking for, you're looking for treatment. I need help, I need help. And you run into this and you try this and here's a trick. And if you think this way and if you don't, and if you try and you run in, and here's what it says. They promise to give assurance of peace, but there is no peace. This will give you peace. And you go at it. And there's no peace. There's no peace. There's no peace. Because God doesn't just want you to cope with things. God doesn't want you just to bandage things. God wants to heal you from things. Amen. He wants to heal you. You Come on, church. Amen. Heal you. Heal you. He has the power to heal and restore you in a way that this world never could. Like, I'm trying to tell you, friends, some of you are in here trying to, trying to fix things. You actually need to be healed from. Cope with things. You actually need healing. You need the spirit of God to show up in that spot. And you don't come to God going, God, I'm going to fix this. You come to God going, I can't. And I desperately need you, Jesus, to do what only you by your spirit can do. Heal me. Discover, friends, who you are in Christ. And when he heals you, he starts to transform you. You know, Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit, fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, long-suffering. You know, he goes on. And, it's the fruit of the Spirit. Did you hear me? What does that mean? That means that he's producing it in you. It's not you get up in the morning and go, I'm going to go and love today. I'm going to be kind today and good today and gentle today. I'm going to go and... Look it up, Ed. This is our I can do this. I can do this. Like, God's going, oh, my goodness, stop. Like, stop. It's the fruit of the Spirit. He produces it in you. Not when you're struggling and straining, when you're going, God, I, I ain't got it today. I don't have what it takes. And so what I'm going to do is just yield to you to let you do what I can never do. It's, do you see it? It's a, it's a, I'm poor in spirit. <laughs> this is so backwards from what you've been taught. But it's the stuff that people, you forget. I mean, maybe you've never even been taught. Like, how did you miss this in your Bible? What did you ever think that, that this was about you? Like we had, that's our, that's our version of Christianity is watch me, God. Like where, where biblical Christianity is like, watch God. What you bring to the table, God, I'm just broke. I'm, 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 I'm desperate. So some of you think, I need to go get better. No, you need to get more desperate. 
You just need to get more like, I, I need you to do what only you can do. And friends, until you get desperate, here's what's actually happening, watch. It's called pride. And the Bible says that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the broken, to the humble. You leave and you're like, watch me, God, I'm gonna. And what is it? He resists, he resists you. He goes to work. He actually holds it down. He doesn't bless it. He, you go, I just break through and I'm God, I'm trying everything and I'm going to heaven. God, I'm going to resist this. And so you come to the place where you actually are broken. Stop it. Come on, let me stop it. And just be broken before him. You just go, oh my gosh, Lord, I, I can't. I can't anymore. And he gives grace to the broken, to the humble. Because you finally tapped into what this is all about. It's like, you stop trying to show off to God. Let God start showing off through you. Just going, I'm just broken, Lord. I, I'm just broke. I just need you. I just. Without Jesus, I'm never healed. I'm never transformed. But with Jesus, my life just starts getting different in incremental ways. I, like, where'd that come from, Spirit of God? Just working, my, my goodness, like. Where's that coming from? It's him. And here's the friend, here's friends, the last thing. Without Jesus, without Jesus, you got, you're going to have to pay for your own debt. Without Jesus, you can never really be healed, transformed. You're going to be running to the world's solutions, promising you peace, but where there will actually never, ever be peace. And friends, I'm going to close on this. Without, without Jesus, you'll never, know your, you'll never know your true purpose, and you'll never actually experience fulfillment. It's only within the kingdom of God, when you're broken in spirit, that you actually begin to... Uh, identify, live within your purpose, your calling, your fulfillment in life. See, we keep trying to figure it out. Like, what it, what it, what's my life all about, right? And we get frustrated. So we run to this, we run to that. We, we strive to get everything we've ever wanted only to find out it's not anything that we really wanted. We strive to be all it is we've ever wanted to be only to discover that it's not all that we thought it would be. And we, the world's running around frustrated because when we got it all, yet we have nothing at all. Why is that? Because your life is not found in you trying to find life. It's, it's life is found when you're poor in spirit and you go, God, here I am. I'm, my life is not my own. It belongs to you. What do you want to do? Right? Amen? Like, so listen to what just, how it says in Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you. Oh, that's why I haven't been able to figure it out. Because... They don't know the plans. And this, you know, guy over here doesn't know the plans, and they wrote something about the plans, and they told, they don't, God says, I got something for you, and you, and you, and I know the plans, declares the Lord. The plans for you, to prosper you. God doesn't want to, like, make you miserable. He wants to, pro he wants to bless you, prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope give you a future. I'm telling you, if you're not walking in hope, you're not walking with a sense of destiny and future, it might be because you've yet to allow yourself to come to the place where you're poor and you're broken before him. You're desperate for Jesus. So let me tell you about my morning. It's a morning like many mornings. About 30 years ago, I realized 
how desperate I was in need of Jesus. And I surrendered my life to him. Because I realized I could, I could never earn, I could never deserve. My life on my own was just, I just couldn't figure it out. I didn't have footing. And I finally came to this place where I was just broken before God and said, God, here I am. I, I just want to surrender. Beautiful word. I'm just going to surrender it all to you. My life is not my own. I just surrender my life to you, Jesus. And Because I knew I needed him. Can I tell you about this morning when I woke up? I woke up and I went, all right, God, lots to do today. Before I go out, I just want to recognize the fact that I'm broken before you. And I need you today as desperately as the day that I gave my life to you. God, I need you in this moment as desperately as I did back in, in that moment. God, I just, I just got to go before I walk outside this house and I go into this world just going, God, it's, it, I, Jesus, I need you. I, I need you. I haven't accomplished or gained. I'm not any, I'm just more yielded to you. Just more yielded to you. Just yield, yield and surrender to Jesus. For in him, it tells us in Acts 17, for in him, in him, listen, in him, in him, in, in Jesus we live and move and have our being. Where do I find my footing? Where do I, where do I live? And it's in him I live and move and have my being. Friends, allow yourself through a poverty in spirit to find yourself in Jesus. It is so different than what the world's going to teach you. It's so different than all the stuff that's going to get whispered to your ear. But I am telling you, biblically, you need him. In Jesus' name, can I get a better amen? Amen? God, pray with me.